0: Welcome to the Going Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Zinn. I'm a mother, an author, and an entrepreneur who is committed to and curious about living a life that is always evolving. This is a lifestyle podcast covering health, both body and mind, self-care, why it is a necessity, and how tough it can be to master entrepreneurship, its ups and downs cultural disruption and the topics we sometimes avoid, as well as love, sex, friendship, and more. This podcast is a place and a community for people who are willing to do the hard work of growth, who want the tools and inspiration to step into it, and who want to grow each and every day of their lives. I interview movement makers, leaders, survivors, writers, and founders. Their stories move me and will move you to cultivate more strength and clarity during every step of your day. Enjoy today's episode and thanks for spending time with me at this very special place in my life over here at the Going Beyond Podcast. Hey guys, tickets for our next live podcast event are now on sale. This live recording and event experience will be held on February 13th here in NYC with networking and experiences from 6 to 7 p.m. with our recording starting at 7 and going to about 8 p.m. We're dissecting and analyzing a culture built on our stress and reimagining with experts and visionaries in the empowerment and wellness field how to live our lives differently. This conversation and the women who will be part of it will be next level. We're welcoming. Ra Goddess, entrepreneurial soul coach, author, founder, and CEO of Move the Crowd. Leah Avellino, relational psychotherapist and director of Head and Heart at The Well. Freya Dobson, co founder of Treaty CBD. And Jennifer Swartley, head of marketing at Journey Live Meditation. And of course, I, Randy Zinn, will guide and moderate the discussion. Head over to beyondmom.com to the events page to get your ticket. We're also offering a special discount for groups of three or more. So think about attending, maybe with your colleagues, your best friends, whomever welcomes an inspiring and innovation experience that you really want to share the evening with. Who do you want to bring? Any questions, send us a message and we will happily give the info you need. We can't wait to see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled that you're here with me today. I'm joined by a super special woman who I actually don't really know very well yet, but will use this conversation to get to know her and to go deep and to tell some good stories and to talk about her expertise, which is trauma and surviving and thriving in faith. And that is the kind of conversation we all know I love to have. So I'm joined by Dr. Leonie H. Madison. She's an organizational and talent development practitioner, author of the books, The Thread, Imperfect Steps to a God-Ordained Purpose, and besides Still Waters, a 21-day devotional, as well as the creator of The Thread Six-Step System to help survivors free themselves from past trauma and live an abundant life. She earned a doctorate in organizational leadership from Argozi University, a master's in business administration from Georgian Court University, and a Christian life coaching certificate from Light University. She's the recipient of the 2018 18th annual Pacific Coast Business Times 40 Under 40 Award recognizing the 40 best and brightest transformational leaders on the central coast under the age of 40. She shared with me that she lives in California. She is a native of Jamaica and she's a single mom of three. So lots of intriguing things about Dr. Leone and we're going to dive in. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be talking to you today.
0: I'm so excited. I always feel in a really special, divine kind of way that when new guests on the podcast find me, that it's always for a reason. Because oftentimes I kind of have an idea of the things I want to talk about and I reach out to people and people I know and friends recommend people, etc. But when people kind of reach out to me sort of blindly, And their topics really intrigue me. I really kind of go with it because it always just seems perfect for whatever is up. And I actually feel really strongly that today's conversation is exactly that.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Um,
0: Yeah. So let's start from the beginning, Dr. Leone. Like tell us a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your roots, your history, and kind of, you know, how that started the story.
1: All righty, here goes the ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so thank you so much for the opportunity. I was born on the beautiful island of Jamaica, the West Indies. And so I definitely, if you can hear my accent, I have been fortunate enough to be able to retain my beautiful accent. I love it. I think it's so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. I moved to the U.S. 26 years ago. I grew up in New York City, have lived in New Jersey as well before, you know, finding nest and roots in California. My upbringing, I oftentimes share that I felt when I was growing up like I you know, grew up on the wrong side of the island. (laughs) It's beautiful and it's tropical, but within all of its beauty, I experienced some trauma, severe trauma to be exact. And it has been the catalyst actually that has helped me to become this woman with a passion for helping others to achieve their loftiest goals and dreams And, you know, which has allowed me over the last, you know, say, 15 to 18 years in the talent to to be able to help shape talent development efforts across nonprofits, government, the private sector and faith based organizations. I've been very fortunate to have had the opportunity to advise executives inspiring and emerging leaders, as well as from what I've heard from my audiences, I've been able to captivate my audiences with strategies, stimulating strategies, actually, and transformational tools that shatters assumptions, redirects negative thinking, and constructs new mindsets to do what I call achieve intentional transformation. You know, through my training and speaking, I really engage audiences around the world. They're talking about from the boardroom of large. Corporations to training rooms in government, non-profits, and universities, and also I've been fortunate enough to have gone back home to my country, and you know, in classrooms of just sharing what this intentional transformation is all about. And what I really own in on is to teach others how to use this tool of intentional transformation to handle absolutely anything. To be more creative, courageous. And confident. And I'm so happy that you shared about my book, The Thread, because these books, and especially in The Thread, I include a six-step system that really obliterates the idea that trauma survivors cannot adopt new mindsets and create healthy behaviors to forge their life forward and that's really where my passion is coming from and the legacy that i'm building is to be this intentional transformationist who invite trauma survivors and those who love us to engage in a conversation around how do you adapt new mindsets create healthy behaviors in an intentional, purposeful, or deliberative, whatever those words you want to use, ways to forge your life forward. Mm. In March, I'll be presenting at a conference, the Best You Conference in LA, and my workshop is entitled Rise Above Trauma and Reclaim Your Life. I am so passionate about it. I am a believer because I'm also a living testimony of someone who've experienced severe trauma. And when I talk about trauma, for me, my trauma include, you know, abuses from sexual, emotional, physical, and spiritual abuse. It also includes there's another side to trauma, and it is a trauma that you've actually observed. You've not been a victim of it per se, physically, but you've observed someone who's gone through the abuse, like a parent who have been physically abused by maybe a partner or even a parent who have been abused by their children. I've also been on the other side of experiencing abuse from leadership. I've also been on the other side of seeing violence. So there's so many different aspects of abuse that I can relate to. And I can also, and I'm the champion and advocate for anyone who've gone through any of the things that I've just described, and even maybe others that I don't know about, you know, to say confidently that you can rise above it.
0: So Dr. Leone, thank you for sharing. And Perhaps we'll get back, you know, at some point in this conversation to the trauma itself. But first, let's take a moment and talk a little bit about, you know, what trauma does, right? As I told you before we got started with this interview, for whatever reason recently, the topic of trauma just continues To end up in the books that are being sent to me, the things that I'm being drawn to, the podcasts I'm listening to, the conversations around me. It seems to be a topic that I'm supposed to really be understanding in a deep way right now. And I am also the survivor of trauma. Losing my dad in an accident was for sure the most traumatic moment of my life. And so many other consequential traumas as a result. And so what I'm still to this day trying to figure out is I think what you're so passionate about expressing and what I want to hear is, of course, your angle on that. But let's first start with what happens to you when you go through trauma. Because again, I can only talk about myself, but I feel like I also have a lot of very productive, positive, wonderful people in my life, but who also are trauma survivors And it's almost like there's a part of you that is altered forever or that's what it feels like. And so it's almost like the post-traumatic stress disorder response. It's like the thing that can just... Set you off and make you feel the remnants of whatever those traumas are and how they still live in your body and your being. You know, as we're recording this, it was just yesterday that the tragic news of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the other souls who perished in a helicopter crash happened. And my whole body has seized in this unbreathable anxiety. And it brings me right back to that trauma. And all I wish for is to be able to not be so victim to that level of pain at the whim of, you know, things like that. I mean, of course, we feel the sadness and the compassion. We're humans. But tragedy and trauma, it has a different hold on you. So I'd love to hear you share a little bit about your perspective on that.
1: hmm and what you've just described is actually what we call the triggers. And it could be the PTSD triggers. You know, you hear of an event and it triggers an emotion, you know, for you. And there are coping mechanisms. So let's talk about the question that you, you asked earlier about, you know, experiencing trauma, what it does to us. So experiencing trauma can have, you know, a dramatic effect on our bodies and our minds. Right. And although it is a different experience to witness, because what it is, is that we're a witness of a trauma on television right? We're a witness of it because they're showing, you know, different clips. They're showing the area where the aircraft went down and they're talking about this, you know, sharing the investigative report, reports, et cetera. So we are, you know, experiencing, we're witnesses to to, to the trauma, something that has happened, right? And it still can affect us, especially if it has happened closer to home so it's it's triggering an emotion of when we went through it personally and i'll tell you how it is for me when i talk to victims and survivors and i hear their stories yes it actually sensations down my body it's it triggers me it's like i'm reliving some of their stories right Mm -hmm. and so what it is is that when we perceive a threat the body activates the stress response. So the stress response occurs in both our body and our brain. And so the body's response to acute stress is a preparation for this emergency. You know, it's like an ER, it got to get into you know, what's being released in the adrenaline and other hormones that's released. And so the first thing that happens is that the body shuts down. It shuts down so we can process what's going on. And so when we're under this immediate threat or digestion or reproduction, all of our body organs, it's like, you know, it's like they're up and about getting ready to either protect you, right? So it's in this ER responsive mode because the brain is telling the bodies so is like that they're corresponding, like something is about to happen. Now of immediate importance is survival, so what I know I've experienced is like increased blood sugar can provide extra energy for our muscles. We know that. Also, we know that increases of cortisol counter pain and inflammation. So what I've seen, noticed for myself is that I see the effects of these changes. You know, the blood is diverted, my muscles get tense, increase endorphins. And so, what's happening is that it affects the way that my body functions and the symptoms of the stress, such as a racing heart, or I get dizzy, I get nauseated, I even get shortness of breath. And one time I remember I was shaking, I started feeling hot, right? That's the body's way of reacting to these stresses, these triggers that's going off. But it is the impact of trauma on the mind. So that's the body. But the mind, that is often the most critical one. Because traumatic events can leave us feeling unsafe. It can actually drive us to the point of fear. I don't know about you, but I even get to the point of isolating. Right, And so traumatic events can leave us feeling unsafe. They can disrupt our belief system, our assumptions about the world. And so when our, it's like our sense of ability to control our lives, it's almost like it's shattered. And so we question how much influence and this is where I come in when I'm talking to survivors and victims, you know, they'll say they question, you know, do I really have a purpose? What am I here for? How can I influence over the world? How can I influence what's happening? How do I handle these triggers? I feel like I'm reliving somebody else's experience. My body feels like I understand what his wife is going through, for example, right? Because you've experienced. You're in something similar. So you're probably sitting going, I know what she's feeling because I've been there. And we will actually allow ourselves to go through the whole process over again.
0: Yes, that feels right. I mean, you're expressing it as I understand it.
1: Exactly. And so here's the thing. We have to control that. We have to develop coping skills because imagine if God forbid five or six of those incidences, right? Happen within, say, the course of a week, imagine what we put our bodies and our minds through,
0: hmm.
1: right? And so that was when I had my aha moment when I had a stroke. Oh, God. Okay. A couple of years ago, I experienced a stroke, God. and this stroke left me paralyzed on the right side of my body. I couldn't use my right hand. I couldn't hardly walk. I was literally limping. And prior to that, 10 years, I had Bell's palsy, and Bell's palsy is the weakening of the muscles in the face. So I'm going through like a lot of life changes during this time when I had the stroke. I had recently relocated from the East coast to the west coast, started a brand new job, had never been to the West Coast a day in my life. and so all of these things were exciting and new and my brain was excited, but my body was slowly crumbling because here's the thing: I had quickly noticed. And realized there was a pattern in my life and it was driving fear in me. I noticed that every three to five years, I had experienced some reoccurring things in my life. And the reoccurring experiences were sexual abuse, physical abuse, and spiritual abuse. Those three traumas. And so at the time when I moved to the West Coast, the fear came over me that it was going to happen again. And so that was why the stroke came on, because I put a lot of stress on my body to move and to run away from what I had was experiencing all of my life and to just start over. But I was fearful. I became very fearful and unworthiness came in. I mean, if you've ever been to the West Coast Santa Barbara, girl, it is beautiful. <laughs> and I started feeling like I didn't deserve to be here. Wow. Yeah. I started feeling like, you know, who am I to be in this beautiful place? I was actually suffering from survivor's guilt. And so all of, with all of those things, it's like I just hit rock bottom. And I remember I recorded, I was driving on the highway and I still have the recording. I just recently posted it on my Facebook page. And I wanted to just take my life because I just felt like, here it is again. I'm going to go through this. I just, I felt like it was deja vu, but it was almost like your mind was playing these tricks on you because you're telling yourself, you're putting it out there in the atmosphere because there's power and life in our tongue. I was driving down the highway and I distinctly remember I felt like I wanted to just give up and just take my life.
0: And Dr. Leone, you're a mom in this moment as well,
1: right? Oh, yes. My children are 21, 17, and 12. So yes, I'm a single mom. And so I'm driving and I'm like, I'm done. I just, I can't do this. I just can't do this. And I remember I pulled over and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I started bawling. And something said, Take your phone out and start recording. And I recorded like I was talking to someone, begging them for help. And I'm like, God, I need somebody to pray for me, to help me. I need help. And I'm telling you this this is my personal experience. I felt like the angels from heaven came into my car and took the steering wheel and drive me home because when I arrived home, I couldn't walk. My kids had dragged me out of the car. I was just done. And that was when I came down with the stroke. And so it goes back to what I said earlier about these patterns and developing coping skills to deal with beyond the trauma, the post-traumatic syndromes, right, the PTSD. So it's the tool I call the ABCDE tool. And it's a tool that I've used to help myself to be able to cope with triggers, traumatic, you know, these triggers that normally would occur. Okay. And the A stands for awareness. And awareness is, you know, asking ourselves these deeper, more meaningful questions about, you know, how am I feeling? Where is this feeling coming from? Is it a heart-centered feeling? Is it this like, this gut feeling? Is it all emotionally driven because I, you know, just saw something that, you know, where is it coming from and where, what part of my body, where am I feeling it, right? And sometimes for trauma survivors like myself, I usually feel it in my gut area. So I become more aware. And then when it's heart centered, I dig a little bit deeper and ask myself, but Leonie, why is it impacting you? So what about that story? You know, like why? I just, I'm asking ourselves the five whys, you know, that analytical tool, the five whys. And I dig and I dig until I get to a satisfactory, you know, answer. And then I move on from there to the B. This is a self-talk. The B is for the belief. And this is where I do self-talk. I have to believe that I'm no longer living that experience, right? I have to rise up to the level of saying, Leonie, you know, yes, we acknowledge that happened. But where are you today? Is it still happening to you? you know, and so I'm asking more questions and I'm answering. So, but it's all around the belief system. It's really to strengthen my belief system that I'm beyond this, that I'm getting better. I'm becoming the woman that I envision, right? So that's the belief, to believe that I'm worthy of being where I am today. I'm worthy of be, you know, of being this whole woman. So that's the belief system. And then the C is a commitment to continue. So cease for commitment. And that is to continue on my healing journey, to continue to becoming better, is to continue to notice things that's happening to me, to notice when I'm hurting, to notice when someone else is hurting, but it doesn't mean that I have to go back to where I'm coming from to understand what they're feeling. I can acknowledge from where I'm at that I, I get it. The D is, Is a dedication also. It's another dedication that says, okay, here's where I'm at today, but I also have a vision for where I want to be. And this is where the E comes in, which is the empathy. Now, how am I going to respond to myself and others? I'm going to extend empathy when I need to, and I'm going to also extend the same empathy to Leoni when she needs it.
0: I love it. It makes so much sense to me. It's simplicity, it's brilliance. And I can understand the power of teaching a method like this to you know your average joe as well as the industry leaders because we're all human beings walking with everything that we've been through and if we can't master to some degree some kind of skill set to manage how these things affect us we're constantly at the whim of these triggers And that's kind of the upsetting thing.
1: Mm -hmm. And another way to also look at this, another tool that I teach women to utilize is the mirror exercise. To also look in the mirror from time to time, especially when you're triggered and have the conversation with yourself and really always start with, you know, this is how I say to myself, Leonie, you're doing your best and do a lot of breathing exercises just to breathe in this, yes. And just let out this negativity of you know overproving or overpleasing or coming down hard on myself. I release that negative energy and continue to breathe in grace and this affirmation of I'm trying my best. You know I honor where I'm at and I'll get better. But yeah. yes, I'm trying. And then the other one is to hug yourself. To learn to embrace you with a hug. To sit long enough to just love on yourself and say, I love you, girl. I just i am so proud of you today. And just to hug yourself. And sometimes I do it in the morning when I wake up. And you know why I do that as well? Believe it or not. Because that's what I want to see in my marriage when I get married. Mm. I want to experience that. But I first have to give myself what I'm wanting. I first have to tell Leonie that she loves her. I have to tell Leone how proud I am of her. I have to affirm Leone right where she's at. So when those triggers, you know, pop up, then I can say to the trigger, I see that you're here, but you're not welcome. And I do have those conversations, by the way. I will say you are an intruder and I don't let intruders into my home, which is my mind and my body. Now, there are times when the intruder will, you know, kind of break the door down a bit, yeah, right. enter, you know, uninvited. And at that moment, that's when we find that we're wrestling. And sometimes there's a crack, right? And the intruder will enter through the crack. So we have to recognize that is it an uninvited intruder or do you really need to welcome this intruder? That's why I call triggers an intruder. For me, a trigger is an intruder. And I'm like, no, I can extend empathy and I can love and I can understand, but I don't want to beat up on myself. And that's what you do to me. You're not invited. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And it's actually really helping me in this moment because as an example, just as you were saying, for me, like, yes, I am kind of pull down into this space of, you know, for using the Kobe Bryant example, you know, what his wife and daughters must be going through at this very moment. And I can not only go there, but I can be sucked down into the depths of that pain very easily. And the difference between being able, you said something before that really spoke to me. Besides the idea that I can send my love in that direction, but still stay a beacon of light and like, how can I use what I've learned? The first thing that came to my mind was, if I'm empathic and I send all my love there, but I still stay in this space of everything I've achieved since that moment, then maybe I can see myself as a model of survival. And as a model of somebody who can live through that pain and still be a good person and an accomplished person and have love in her life and let that be the overarching energy.
1: Absolutely. I'm so proud of you for saying that. I'll also give you another tool that you can utilize while you're going through this moment is writing a letter. There's an app that I use. It's called A Letter to My Future Self. I think Mm -hmm. there's a .NET and a .org. Maybe during this time, you may want to write a letter to his wife and just send it to yourself, you know, I don't know, 10 years. I think it goes up to 10, 15 years, as you can say. You can send it to six months, one month. But I think if you'd like to explore just penning your thoughts, your sending your condolences, as you said, sending that love and light, you can use, you know, do that in a letter format, just writing her a letter, letting her know how you went through it. You know, how did you overcome you know, and that's another way to say that God created us as these powerful being with a mighty spirit. And I don't believe we understand how resilient, how powerful, how radiating our light is because we've never practiced shining it. Mm. And I guarantee you, when we get off today, you sit or whenever you feel led to and you write that letter, you'll find immediately how you start releasing. It's almost like light start just popping through all parts of your body because you're so open right now. And when that happens and you start to shine it and you're going to tell me, because I know it's going to happen because it has happened to me, it's going to hit the right people from his wife to others. You know, all of those individuals who perish, their family members, you may never hear about it. We might even hear it from another source that says, you know, I remember a year ago or a couple months ago, this was how I was feeling. And then you're going to remember, I wrote a letter, but look who it's impacting today. So try that exercise of just writing how you're feeling and as you said that model who you are as this model or this beacon of light to those who are experiencing you know this tragic and the emotions that come with it you know this is your gift to them
0: does that resonate with you it does yeah you all know that I'm all about supporting women and building community. I recently started listening to a podcast that I want my listeners to know about. It's called the Entreprenista Podcast. Every week on the Entreprenista Podcast, your co-hosts, Stephanie Carton and Courtney Spritzer, co-CEOs of Socialfly, speak with an inspiring entrepreneurista about how they built and scaled their business, embraced failure, and celebrated their successes. They get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. And spoiler alert, it might not be as glamorous as it looks on Instagram. You'll hear the stories from some of the top female-led brands, including Glam Squad, Beach Waver, Baked by Melissa, and Kopari Beauty. Subscribe to the Entrepreneista Podcast on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen, or sign up to get episodes straight to your email inbox at entreprenistapodcast.com. You can also follow the Entreprenistas on Instagram for daily business inspiration at Entreprenistas. That's, and I'm going to spell it out for you, E-N-T-R-E-P-R-E-N-I-S-T-A-S on Instagram. Consider this the most fun business meeting you all ever have.
1: Another exercise that I also practice is just praying and you can write the prayers as well or just saying a beautiful prayer to the family and just send it. The thing is, we need to get in the habit of just giving, Yeah, Just give empathy away, give love away, give understanding where somebody's at away. Just give it, just give it, just send it. And you know, when I do it, I will put it in my hand, like I'll speak to my hands and say, I'm sending love. And i just say that in my, like, clasp my hands and I'm sending love. And then I close it and then I throw it away and I throw whatever it is that would send that light. Just put it in your hands and just throw it away.
0: I think we underestimate the powerful energy that we all possess and we tend to just clamp down, but I love the suggestions that you're making because it says, don't clamp down, express it, create, release, and trust that energy goes where it needs to go. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Listen, I'm a Christian and I love to read the Bible because the stories are just so fascinating. And the story that really won my heart was the story of creation. The fact that God just spoke creation into being is like, wow. Yeah. And to say that we're just like him, I'm sorry, girl. I'm not wasting my time. I'm going to try some of these things. If they don't happen, it's not the lack of trying. Right. But I'm going to. Ex- I'm going to practice it because anything you exercise becomes strong. And if you never exercise your faith, it stays there dormant. In addition to our faith, we're given these gifts. All the gifts that we have, and we've never opened them. And we're given so many gifts and talents. And when I hear women say, I'm stuck, I can't move, I go and I explore with her. And I say, girl, let's have a conversation and talk about the gifts that you have that's going to help you get unstuck. And I tell you, 95% of the times, the woman will say to me, I never knew I had this. Where did you find it? I said, girl, I didn't find anything. You just show it's there. It's already there. The answers that we need to reclaim our lives, the answers that we need to heal our bodies and our minds, it's within us. We've got them.
0: Yeah. It's so mind-boggling for most people, for most of us to own the truth of that. Isn't that amazing?
1: Yes, it is because we've never been taught to do so. And we're waiting for somebody to give us permission. And I want to say this to your listening audience today. It is time to take your power back. You do not need anybody's validation or permission to be the woman or man that God created you to be. You are enough. You have enough. You do enough. You're just enough. And in order for your enoughness to impact the world, you've got to get up. No matter what you're faced with today, whether it's a traumatic injury, sexual abuse, physical abuse, somebody has passed on to the next life, transition to the next life, and you're just feeling like you can't go on, rise up for them. Rise up for yourself and reclaim your life. Because the gift that we give to our loved ones is when we continue their legacy, is when we continue being who we were created to be. And I tell you something, somebody out there is waiting on the gift that you were created to share with the world. Please stop being stingy and get up and share the gift of you with the world.
0: Such a powerful message. Do you feel like all the trauma and the rock bottom
1: and all of it was so that you could do this? Thanks for asking that question, Randy. Absolutely. You know, there's a difference between a textbook graduate (laughs) and a life graduate who's been through something. Yeah. Yes. I have both, but the life supersedes the textbook. I could not have been in the position to relate to women or the men who love us if I hadn't gone through what I've been through. The passion that I have and the purpose that I've discovered is because of what I've experienced that I experienced it and then it actually empowered me to create a solution to not only help myself navigate through the healing journey, but to also help others to achieve this intentional transformation.
0: That's how it works, I found. I mean, that's the irony of it all. You know, at this point, I can't, and it's such a confusing thing, but at some point you just have to embrace it. You know, I look at everything that I'm doing and everyone, the person I've become and the mother that I am, and I can't extricate the hard parts of life From the reality of how I'm able to serve and the mission I have on the planet, it's inextricable. And while, of course, we, you know, our ego mind or our human brain could say, I wish that never happened, or I wish that person was still here, or I wish I would have never had those things happen to me, you know, the universe and God has another plan.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, thanks for saying that. Yes, I believe that God has another plan for us. And sometimes we, from my perspective, I, I realized growing up that I didn't know how to spend time understanding what his plan is for my life until I remember when I was sitting in a workshop and I love this analogy of, you know, owning a Toyota, a car, for example, that was, you know, manufactured by Toyota and you know something goes wrong with the vehicle and you're contemplating like do i take it to a toyota dealer or do i take it to another car just any old car dealer really who are you going to go to you're going to feel comfortable going to the actual manufacturer of the vehicle because they know everything about the in and the outs of this vehicle and that's how i feel is that god when people tell me they don't know their purpose i challenge them that a little bit to say okay So who do you believe in the universe? God, who do you believe in? Because I believe that God created all of us. And I strongly believe with all of my heart and conviction that I need to go back to the creator and say, Hey, why did you bring me here? What's the purpose? What do you want me to accomplish? Because I don't want to waste time. And I say this to my kids, even this weekend, I was having a conversation with them and I said to them, I said, you know, you need to submit to your mission. Because the only way when you get older, I said, I would definitely encourage you guys to submit to your mission so that, you know, at such time, when you do get older, that you will know exactly as you're, you know, ready for a relationship, a love relationship. Then you go to the table knowing what questions to ask this man, because if he doesn't have a mission, you cannot be with him because women are to submit to the mission. That's what submission is all about, is that he has a mission, you have a mission, and hopefully there's an alignment and we have a vision for what the two missions coming together will then you know, produce. So it is so important that we understand, you know, again, why are we here? Who's responsible for, you know, bringing us here and then going back to our creator and saying, hey, I want to know more because I don't want to waste time. And that's the intentional transformation I talk about. You know, when people ask me, what is intentional transformation? My response is that transformation is happening around us every day. So why not focus your intentions to take control over that transformation? Mm. That's what intentional transformation means to me. So
0: Leone, before we do have to say goodbye, which I could talk to you forever, I'd love to hear a little bit about the choices you've made in working with your triggers and overcoming so much of the pain as a mother. Because I think that as a mother, you know, let's just face it, the stakes are higher. We're building the lives of little people. We're a model for them. We want to be our best selves for our children. We want them to feel confident and strong as much as possible. And so it is a choice to do the work. And it's an even deeper choice to do the work when you're a mother. Mm -hmm.
1: So that's a great question about, you know, I call it self-care and recovery. In my book, The Thread, to page 258 to be exact, I actually included the six-step system, which is actually the acronym Thread, T-H-R-E-A-D. And I'll walk you through how I deal with, you know, triggers, help myself to overcome my past, actually. The step one is T, think. I always have to ask myself to think of the outcome I want to achieve, right? And in my book, I encourage readers to ask three questions of themselves. What outcome do I want to achieve? What does being unstuck look like? And what actions can I take to get there? Step two, H, harvest. Harvest the lessons learned and heal your heart. There's so many things that I've learned from being a trauma survivor. I learned that I was a people pleaser. I learned that I was very empathetic. It wasn't that I was weak. I learned that I was very vulnerable. And it also doesn't mean that I'm weak. So, how can I harvest the things that I've learned about myself? I also learned that I was a very brave girl, <laughs> but that was a lesson within itself, but I was. Never told that, right? And so ask yourself, you're brave to even, I'm telling you, when you shared with me that how you're feeling about the incident that took place, the tragedy of Kobe, you know, I thought she's so brave. She's so brave to have, you know, recognized that she's triggered. So I applaud you. That's such an awareness to know that, hey, I'm watching this news from afar, but I'm feeling very triggered. What do I do? So the harvest, that lessons learned, you're going to go back and ask yourself, what did I do then? So ask yourself, what have I learned so far? How has it made me stronger? And what can I use from my past to forge a new path forward? And then step three, now is the R, release. Release fear and break the painful patterns, ask yourself, what do I need to let go of to become the woman I say I want to be? What decision must I live in or decisions must I lived in? And am I living in the highest expression of my values and integrity? And then step four, E, enlist. This is the big part. This is huge for survivors. Enlist allies to become the person who has been locked inside. Ask yourself, whom should I connect with? What resources are available? Therapists, counselors, friends, a workshop, book, and then select the best option that works for you. Because oftentimes we isolate. I don't know for you, but between Thanksgiving and New Year's, I isolate. I just want to be alone. My brain is tired. I don't want to get involved in all of the chaos because here's a thing. My history says between that time period, I overgive. And then I'm left feeling miserable after. So now I've taught myself I don't have to hide. I just have to honor that I'm feeling that way and cope. You know, one of my tools from the toolkit, which is the coping skills, and then say, no, I'm going to establish new boundaries. And if I choose to not participate in an event or events, I'm just going to honor that I don't want to. I don't have to explain, complain, or blame, right? So that's what the support system does for us is to help us to be able to, you know, build new mindsets, to adapt new mindsets. which actually is step five, A, adopt. Adopt new mindsets and create new healthy patterns. So ask yourself, what new habit do I want to start? What old habit do I want to break? How can I think differently? And then the very last step, which is step six, which is D, dream, dream of a new you, and design your joyful life. Ask yourself, what is the life I really want? What is the impact I want to make in the earth, right? And what is the first step I need to take? Then take action. It might seem like it's a lot of stuff, but I'm telling you, pausing long enough. This is where mindfulness comes in to sit, to do the exercise and to have that, you know, written down someplace that you can refer to. So when it's time, when situation arises and you need to, I use it on my kids. I use it at work. I use it in my relationships and it has definitely transformed my life.
0: And I can imagine that it's this process that has allowed you to step into being the mother that you are because without all of those moments of reflection you know you can sort of become just this I don't know this thing just kind of trying as opposed to being a really intentional individual even if you've been through things
1: absolutely and our children are watching us and I always try to explain to my children as well as to the ladies that privilege to you know coach or mentor I say there's a difference between a model and a mentor. A mentor is there to support you and hopefully provide some tools that will help you to grow and develop as a person. When you look at a model, it gives you a vision for what's possible. Our children are watching us, so it is incumbent upon us to actually model positive and healthy behaviors that will help to shape their characters as they develop and grow into, you know, women And men, because I only have girls who are, you know, contributors to society.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you shared so much today. I'm so grateful. I think why I feel so good about the fact that we captured what you have to teach and your powerful personal story is that you know, no one escapes trauma. (laughs) There's nobody that doesn't have a story. There's, you know, the big T's, the big traumas, which are, you know, the abuse and the loss. And then there's even the little T's and little T's are those moments I'm learning that take us away from a sense of self or take us away from a feeling that we can really be what we want to be. And those little things, those little moments can be, traumatic. And I think that these tools and this ownership of what we've been through and moving forward is not only so critical, but so empowering for all of us who want to do good and want to be productive, and want to be happy. And I know that those are the listeners of this podcast. So I feel really, really grateful.
1: That is incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your feedback. And I honestly echo the same. It's just been a great honor to share with you at this moment. You know, again, my condolences to you. And we're sending all kinds of love out to Kobe's wife and the rest of his family members who are mourning the loss and we're sending light so I put in my hands and I just throw light out to all of us out there who are listening and I just really truly deeply pray that you know women and the men who love us will just rise rise and reclaim your life rise and be more intentional because clearly this tragedy actually reopened my eyes to how fragile life is And you know what? We have an opportunity to impact and to make our lives and others better. Let's just do it and do it with so much love and light.
0: Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Before we go, Dr. Leone, tell our listeners where we can find your books and where we can find more about
1: you. Awesome. Thanks for asking. My website is www.leoniemattison, L-E-O-N-I-E. M A T T I S O N dot com. They can connect with me on Facebook, Leonie H. Mattison. And it's the same for Instagram, Leonie H. Mattison. I'm also on Twitter, Leonie Mattison, no H. And I uh, can be reached via email, Leonie at Leonie And
0: your books, are they sold on, you know, everywhere books are sold kind of thing?
1: Absolutely. Everybody. They are also featured on my website. I'm doing some revamp to the site right now, but the books are listed on the website as well. Okay,
0: amazing. I know people are going to want to be sniffing you out after this conversation. (laughs) So again, I'm so grateful you found me and thank you for all of the amazing work you're doing. It's really, really important that in a time that feels very heavy, and I'm kind of making that statement uh, from a planetary level, that we know that there are empowered people and women who are literally giving love and light any which way they can, and that that is the antidote to all the sadness and all the heaviness and all the pain that as humans we are aware of. So I honor you. I thank you. And I wish you all the best as you continue your work.
1: Thank you so much. The saying goes out to you. And thanks so much for having me on your show. I'd send a lot, a lot of blessings your way as you continue to do this great work. May God continue to bless you.
0: Thank you. And to you listeners, we're sending love and light to you. This conversation I think was a healing one. And I hope you can take those breaths and hold that love and light in your hand and share it with the world because we know the world needs it. And we know that you have so much to give. So until next time, continue to take care of you. I appreciate your love and support for this podcast. And I will see you soon. Bye.